I want to tell a very quick story and get the input of Daryl and Ian, but also Steve, because I think Steve is my perspective on this. I was recently at a uh, benefit. And at that benefit, I wore a Hawaiian shirt, which I have been known to do from time to time. Oh, pa. I tend not to wear them as much because of, you see, people with uh, torches and Hawaiian shirts. I don't know how the hell that happened, but it seems to be an alt-right thing. Leisure wear. I guess. That's what it is. But I had a bunch of pineapples on it, and a friend of my brother's came over to me and said, so uh, Daryl's already shaking his head yes. And and Ian's got big eyes. I had no idea. So Steve's shaking his head no. Still don't know. What? <laughs> so, so my brother's friend says to me, he goes, so uh, you a swinger? And I was like, what? And he goes, you uh, you got pineapples on your shirt. And I'm like, it's a Hawaiian shirt. Like, find a Hawaiian shirt without pineapples. What are you talking about? And he said, that's a thing that you basically put it out there when you wear. It's typically an upside down pineapple. But, you know, pineapples mean swingers. Oh, you mean like this? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great, Steve. No, but I'm like, that's not a thing. And he goes, it's absolutely a thing. It is a thing. It is? When we were last on a cruise, there was like one room that had like, you know, those silicone uh, ice cube tray things. Yes. They yeah. had one like thumbtack to their door upside down, empty. Yeah. I'm guessing on the upside down, but it was definitely on their door. And, you know, you'd walk by it first, like, why did they put a silicone ice cube? Did you not know this at that time, Daryl? Oh, did... yeah. I mean, I live my life yeah. with a lot of knowledge. I, I knew that. <laughs> yes, you do. You are my guy that I go to. So Kevin encountered somebody who they said it was an upside down pineapple that uh, denoted swinging. Yeah. It was like a, a hint. But Daryl, you said it was something else that was upside down, an ice cube tray. or a... It was an ice cube tray, but the, the ice cubes were shaped like pineapples. Yeah. Yeah. It was their travel version. Yeah, uh, yes. they put it up right. on the door yeah. as you know. I assume. Well, I, yeah, I, I can't assume anything. Not safe. Just walk in if it's hanging out. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't think so. Still, right? You still. I think knock. you knock. I imagine there's all sorts of etiquette. I've heard that there's like a Adirondacks or, or rocking chairs on your front. Come. The- You've I have been living, chairs. You've you been living your life. No, a no, no. Way. It can't be. Every, look, I am not a kink shame person, but at the same time, you can't take everything, especially the things that are like so. Uh, oh, if you have a mailbox, that means you also have a mailbox. I don't actually. That's not true. They're calling I can't that get mail in my house, Jesse. I can't get mail delivered to this address. I have to have a PO box with a pineapple. It's no longer a mailbox. It's a bussy. <laughs> Up podcast with me on this episode are Jesse Weisendorfer. Hey, Steve. Daryl Charles. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hello, Stephen. And our storyteller is Ian O'Shea. Hello, Ian. Hi, Steve. Thanks so much for having me back. Thanks for uh, agreeing to come on and tell a story, Ian. It's truly my pleasure. The only problem was uh, we'll just get this out of the way. Well, I have three stories they're they're kind of short so i wanted to give a title maybe and that would entice anyone so i have behind the velvet rope okay i have uh gosh dang it i, I have, that's a terrible title by the way gosh yeah. dang it i i was sitting there i was sitting here there's no cursing at all yeah uh, i have um the cliff and i have the private eye oh are we picking is that what this is 
Well, I mean, they're not too long, maybe two or three, but yeah, just, I was going to throw it out there to pick one. I, I have, I have one in mind, but. So you want, you want us to choose one of those. Is that right? No, I did, but this has already gone on too long. <laughs> and I am already furious with each and every one of you. They're like three short stories you're going to tell? I hate telling stories to, yeah. to you four in particular. Mm. Understandable. So you pick one and we'll decide that we wanted the other one later. Yeah. Right. Well, I remember when Don did this and it was a lot of fun even just picking one. I'm having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the velvet rope and we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. The velvet rope it is. Behind the velvet rope. Yeah. The cliff on the velvet. No, there's a cliff behind the velvet rope, right? If there's a velvet rope on a cliff, that means people swing on that cliff. Okay. So it's, so it's upside down. Yeah. As we know, I've been known to weave stories together. Uh-huh. So I could I could certainly tell them all three and in one magical day. We would never know. Yeah. I love how weave is used instead of completely uh fabricate completely make up the facts of the story it's an elegant word for lie <laughs> yeah and then find out later because i contradicted myself <laughs> <laughs> it's true they're not lies it's just no. he goes hmm that oh that wasn't me that was a movie i saw <laughs> i'm not sure what to say next so i better keep going yeah. <laughs> so my parents were divorced in 1980. I was uh, seven years old. And when he first moved out, my dad moved to San Francisco and my mom lived in Mill Valley in Marin County, Northern California. Right. At that time, you know, traffic and such, it was, well, just about 20 minutes or so. And we did week to week or at that point when my dad was first moved in, it was just on the weekends and it was just like the saddest you know, just sort of the classic um, Mrs. Doubtfire apartment. Hmm. And uh, meaning, you know, meaning you were with your mom all week and then you'd go to your dad's on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We were in school in Mill Valley and everything. And, and my dad, you know, having just been launched into a new life, didn't have things going just yet. You know, he had to get right. things. Basement apartment or is that just a. No, New York no, thing? it was it was up in like the upper Castro. So but it was on a really steep hill and he had an old beetle like it was a classic san francisco like 45 degree angle hill ian what was the travel time from your mom's place to your dad's place at that time you know back in the 80s it would still be a a half an hour okay half an hour in the 80s uh, is before they instituted speed limits Uh, there was only 18 cars in northern california at the time so uh if you could get a hold of one of them it would only take half an hour Nice. There was just less traffic. I mean, I, I was just there a few days ago and it's just insane. I mean, so is everywhere, but like just the congestion of the whole place. I don't, I, I don't ever remember traffic as a kid. Yeah. I don't remember traffic either, but that's because we were in the back of a hashback being <laughs> yeah. rolled around. Yeah. Because you're busy fearing for your life. No, we were having no time of our lives. What do you mean? That's true. We're just true. bouncing around in a station wagon looking out the back window. Yeah. Well, we just had a beetle. And I remember, like, if you were tired, you just crouch down in the passenger seat and put your head on the seat, you know? So that was, uh, that was sleeping. <laughs> in the 80s. This is, again, this is the 80s. You know, things were different. I also did a lot of cocaine at seven. Mm. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, who didn't? So. Right. I mean, me, Drew Barrymore. In 1980, <laughs> I was still just uh, cocaine in my father's nose. 
Aww. That's sweet. Yeah. Next one? Yeah. Sugar booger. Booger booger sugar. Booger sugar. So when he finally moved to Mill Valley, uh, two blocks from my grade school and uh, about a mile from my mom, we then went to one week at mom's, one week at dad's. Okay. But the same school? We were at the same school, yeah. Every time I hear one of those things, I'm like, did they just do different schools? And I guess teachers have seen worse. So They transferred every week. Right? No, same school, thankfully. And my, my dad found a place very close. My mom was further from school. So with staying at dad's was very convenient. So we did week on, you know, one week, one week. And um, now we're in like fourth, yeah, fourth, fifth grade. So what is that? That's 10? 9, 10. 9, 10. We, you know, we're a couple of years down the road here and we're doing week to week. What were you learning? Uh, just your basics, pretty much nothing. Okay. <laughs> I think he was learning how not to trust people. I was learning how not to trust people, how most everyone will abandon you. How to not play your parents against each other? That seems like a fourth grade lesson. It, it, I didn't even have to. They, they had nothing to do with each other for, for the most part. But I did learn my fifth grade teacher made us all sit and uh, stare at the wall because we didn't know December 7th, what, what December 7th was okay. uh, when we walked in that day. And he asked anyone if they knew what the day was. Anyone? Pearl Harbor. Uh, Pearl Jam album came out. And because you guys didn't know this in fourth or fifth grade, he made everybody stand against the wall? No, we just had to stare. He left and said, if anybody oh. moves, <laughs> if, any, if anybody moves or you know leaves class, you'll have hell to pay. I feel like this was his fault, not yours. Because if he's the teacher, clearly it didn't land with the kids. So to, to be fair, on top of your fairness, all due respect, sure. uh, no disrespect meant. But uh, he uh, probably taught that very subject the day before. Ah, mm. fair point. To throw in a not for nothing, was he a history teacher? Well, apropos of your question, he was a fifth grade teacher, so he taught everything. Yeah, he got it. Do you think that's still legal to do? Make kids just stare at a wall, hypothetically? I mean, do you think you could get them to? <laughs> uh, Catholic school or public school? Just a regular group of idiots. Catholic wall or public wall? <laughs> public wall. Now, uh, if we throw in a wailing wall, Ooh. We, could, could we could have something. If you could put messages into it. But then you have to worry about Greenpeace. Don't you always? Here's what I'm thinking. Inevitably, there's somebody who's listening to this podcast who knew what the upside down pineapple meant, but had no idea what December 7th was. Yeah. And I just I wanted to just put put that out there. That's all. Yeah, that's our that's our target. Never, never forget. Some things are more relevant. Never forget. Yeah. That's right. Thank you, Jesse. 2002, never forget. December 7th. That's a quick moment of silence. Thankfully, we now have Teacher Appreciation Week, so no teacher would just storm out of a room because no one could answer a question. Yeah, right. They have a whole week. That week makes up for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, Ian, you're staring at the wall, and what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just a fifth grade memory. So, Oh, that's not even the story. That's just no. a, a segue of one of the three stories. Painting the picture. Segue implies a beginning and an end. Good point. <laughs> My parents were divorced and after a couple of years, my dad moved to Mill Valley and now he's, you know, he's dating and well, he had a girlfriend that we knew of, okay. you know, we're going week to week. And one day, uh, it was a Friday after school. I, um, walked to my dad's 
house, which is only two blocks away and got my backpack and headed up the street and the doors locked, which it's just never locked. And I couldn't find the key that was, you know, off to the side under the little pot. And Ian, this was expected. You were due there, right? You're not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just end of end of school day weekend. Great stuff. Uh, you know, can't wait to just drop my bag. And he lived down the street from a park where you just go and you'd be until the, you know, until you got hungry. But no, nobody's there or, or it's locked. I mean, and um, I start knocking on the door. Now there's a way I can get in through the window, but I saw some movement. Signs of life inside. Signs of life and, and some sound inside. So I... It would be a raccoon. A raccoon that moans. Oh. Yeah. I looked again for the key and, and found it under another pot. It was shaped like a pineapple? No, it wasn't. But, oh. you know, that's that's interesting now looking back. There was 16 people inside. well i go to open the door and as i you know sort of the classic like fumbling with the lock and the key and the door is opening my dad comes running out naked yeah but (laughs) yes he does i wonder why he was naked probably shaving showers lifting weights oh perfect oh naked (laughs) do you lift weights naked sure always wet on your clothes I've tried to do yoga naked and uh, everything gets too slippery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've eaten yeah. yogurt naked and it also everything gets too slippery. Everything gets slippery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, my dad caught me at the door, like sort of like caught the door. And then, by the way, I'm sorry, this is a gl- fully glass. <laughs> <laughs> you, can see, you can see in? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the door is like, it's the second floor of a, of a duplex. Downstairs lived like a surrogate grandfather, a great dear old friend of my dad. So it was a big glass door. There was nothing. You know. So he bars the door, but you can still see in there. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't get a pressed sausage or anything. You know, <laughs> it didn't work. Any interesting piercings we should know about? Dear old dad? No, no, no. He's, uh, he's clean, clean, clean. Well, a little dirty. But. <laughs> well, he's, I, I know now he's just getting some. So my dad uh, turned me away. He said, it's not my week. It's your mom's week. You need to go back to your mom's. So it, was, it wasn't, you are surprising him. It wasn't his week. Right. You know, I just had forgotten. Sure. And uh, my dad was uh, at the perfect time was uh boning. Dad was doing sex. He didn't, he didn't ply you with any money or anything like yeah, throw a five at you. Yeah. <laughs> Where was he carrying money? I, I wanted to know. He had a roll of quarters. I don't know where they came from. I mean, you you want the complete picture? Is it like he closed the door and like walked back before I w- I even was able to say, "But Dad, I'm hungry." Oh my God, you're breaking. I'm in my need heart. of my father. Perhaps just a glass of water before my journey. <laughs> yeah. And, and the door is glass, so he just turned his back, and then I had a pressed ham. He was hiding behind the glass door. <laughs> Did you know at that age what was going on? Did you know what he was doing? No, I don't think so. I mean, look, we're in California. My dad was often naked. I grew up with a, a in a, in a sort of a nude household. They say a Californian ten is like a, a you know East Coast fifteen. So age wise, so you're much more mature at ten years old. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought you were ranking people. No, no, no. I don't rank people. I'm like, what's a fifteen? Yeah, we would often, you know, skinny dip in the ocean. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, you know, my dad came out with a throbbing hard on. 
Well, no, you had ruined the mood, Ian. Had you been there a moment yeah. earlier? Yeah. I think Daryl's screen froze. No, no, no. Sorry. I was uh, in stuck it. imagining yeah. your, your dad's boner. That's what happened. Because in my head, I'm like, no, my child would have seen, uh, yeah, full full mast. Um, yeah. But I guess it depends on where they were, what they were doing. I don't want to get into specifics, but sure. maybe maybe he was in the middle of getting a glass of water. Well, it was halftime. Well, he didn't hear the knock at the door or think that, you know, it's around 315. That could be a kid. Like it was like a once the door was going, then it was like a, you know, the, the ears pricked up. And yeah. interesting choice of word. Get off me. Yeah. I mean, maybe his, his ears were covered in thigh. Yeah. <laughs> Take your hand out of there. That's my kid. Yeah. My kid's here. I want you to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your dad had a great plan, though. He moved the key from under its usual pot, but he was like, but the kids may need to get in. So he moved it to the other pot, figuring. Yeah. Make him work a little bit. Give, give him a minute. Where he could he could scream himself out of a hard-on or just like think of only, you know, his kids. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he lost a hard-on because he was thinking he was going to have to fight a burglar. Yeah. Absolutely naked. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's a good way to approach. I mean, you know, that would be pretty alarming. You shouldn't be that alarmed if you break into someone's house yeah and they're naked that's your fault you broke into my house yeah you know what made a bad choice wrong house i'm yeah, sorry yeah <laughs> you gotta expect everything when you're breaking in you never know what you're gonna find yep especially if you're new if you're nude and you just take like a like a like a wrestler stance and you're like let's dance hey, hey hold on is burglar nude too so they don't leave any fibers is that what i'm picking up you would leave several fibers if you were naked oh i forgot to say this is a completely shorn uh burglar okay then that would that would top my regular guy naked <laughs> yeah is that where the velvet rope comes in yeah we're, we haven't even gotten to the velvet rope yet i've already made the velvet rope with the velvet rope and i used to do this in my stand-up was that my dad turned me away from the nightclub that is dad's house i was i was turned away from my dad's house you know you weren't on the list couldn't get behind the velvet rope you know i had a way grosser joke do it it's fine yeah lay it on yeah the velvet rope is uh <laughs> the velvet rope is something that only happens every 28 days if you smell what the rock is cooking oh i get it i get it i do okay. you're the rock uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I i step over the velvet rope you <laughs> see we have pineapples all over my house <laughs> Whose naked dick would we have gotten if we picked the cliff? There was a night we were moving my dad from Muir Beach to San Francisco. My brothers and I were all in dad's VW Bug. Yeah. And my mom was in the station wagon behind us and the Chevrolet station wagon behind us. And uh, her steering column locked and she drove off the PC, the, the, the 101. Oh, my God. Wait. So we chose poorly. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew we would say that. <laughs> so tell us that story now. Yeah, why not? Where are we going? So you feel inadequate about a second story? All right, here we go. Did you wait? Did you just tell us the whole story? And but I just told you the whole story. Yeah. What did you do after your dad uh, shunned you? Did you go to the park or did you go? I took the long way home.
Mm-hmm. There had to be an age where you put it together, like a couple years later, like, oh, that's what he was doing. I think I probably went home and told, you know, if my brother was home Friday night, probably not. By the time I got back, he was probably already gone. But I, I imagine at some point I told him and he was like, he was pork and Sarah, dude. Yeah. I have a rather rude question. Three o'clock in the afternoon, a lot of people are at their job. Yeah. Yeah. Where did your dad work? Oh my God, so rude, so rude. At the time he was working at Bank of America in San Francisco, just uh... And he was leaving a deposit. Oh, damn it. Oh, damn <laughs> it. A little bit of a banker's holiday out here. But um, she went by Sarah that day. And he definitely had the money shot. Uh, I hope they had safe sex. Wow. Oh shit, that's the one. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the third story, Ian? I forget. What was the title of the third story? What is the third story? Oh, the, the private eye. The private oh, eye. Man. That story ends with the divorce. The, the private eye? No, they're divorced and we were living in the same house. But uh, this is, uh, again, this is fifth grade. My dad sat us down one day, all three of us, and he just said, boys, I'm just going to say this bluntly. I've hired a private investigator. Her mother's an alcoholic and she's dating a drug dealer. Were you still in fourth grade? Fifth. Fifth grade. Oh. So we understood the words. Yeah, Jesse, they moved him immediately up to sixth after that conversation. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the fast track. He showed up at school the next day with a five o'clock shadow. You're in honors now. <laughs> oh, You're man. in the AP track. Here you go. This was like maybe like truly like the adventure and love of my mom's life. And he was busted in the fourth largest cocaine bust in Florida's history. Yeah, dude, you did tell me that. I think that was all. F- he was a cocaine cowboy. Yes, he was a, he was a pilot. Yeah, he was a pilot. So he knew George Jung. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And and maybe others, you know. Yeah. Johnny Depp, Penelope Cruz. You knew all of them. I, I, I hope. Your dad hired the investigator to get to the bottom of it? Like, yeah, like my dad. And I never followed up with my dad. It's going to be a big regret that I never got to have a beer and talk about hiring a private eye. Yeah. And what that went like. But he, he, he wanted to know, I guess, who this guy was that the kids were spending time with and would show up, you know, mm. in Corvettes, motorcycles. We were in unfurnished homes with there were mountain lions and cages. I mean, it was awesome. I'm about to say, that sounds fantastic. Like, we, we, we would not go to school. He'd be like, you guys aren't going to school. Yeah. And he'd drive us to an airstrip, and we'd get into, like, a little Cessna or, like, whatever, and fly down to Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. It was Cuba. Fly to Medi Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we chose fucking terribly wrong. I, I, I knew we would say this. Whichever one we picked, the other story was going to be better. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, the story was oh. fantastic, but, like, wait. Was your dad clothed when he told you guys this story about hiring the private eye? Uh, Of course not. But he was hanging brains. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl, you want to plug anything? Well, first I should say just thanks for having me. Uh, It's nice to be on the panel. Thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah. You can go to DarylComedy.com and see... Where I'll be. Wait, are you Daryl Comedy? You mean Daryl Charles Comedy, right? No, 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 no. Your boy bought a brand new domain name. Yeah, nice. So Daryl Comedy, D-A-R-R. Nice. Spell your name. D-A-R-R-Y-L. There you go. The joke I always say is it's Daryl Comedy, D-A-R-R-Y-L. If you can't spell comedy, don't 
follow me. <laughs> yeah. It's a bar of entry. If you can't spell comedy, I'd prefer I it you. if you forgot that I They won't get it. Yeah, you won't get it. I I have jokes about the quadratic formula. You know? <laughs> yeah, they definitely don't get that. <laughs> You're not gonna. But yeah, uh, you know, that is happening. Oh, I'm gonna be at the San Francisco punchline in July and in June. Awesome. June 28th. Man. And then July 23rd. Nice. Go on the websites and stuff and check that out. Awesome. Great, man. Awesome. We Own This City is on HBO Monday nights at 9 p.m. Episodes yeah. four and six will be coming up. Very important episodes. Very important. Really, I can't wait to watch that. I was very excited when I heard that you were in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, too. 